Last time our friend Edgar got cut off while speaking about the stuff about the things. Today, we pick up right where he left off. But not quite. But sort of, kind of. Yeah, the monk, the monks would walk down, um, would walk down the hallways, and you would hear the words "Frater Momentum," right? Uh, Brother, remember your death. And I think it's important for us to remember those those words for ourselves, because even though we're not going to be, we're probably not. Maybe we are, but we're probably not going to be down when Christ uh, comes back from from heaven. When he when he you know comes back comes back down from heaven, uh, we're still going to experience our own particular judgment. And and uh, so I really like what you said there, Javier. Yeah, I think I think that that's one of the reasons why I ditched you guys a couple of weeks ago was because I needed to go to confession. That's probably the only reason why I would ditch you is to go to confession because I think uh, it's it's interesting because you know, especially us as Catholics, it, it, it's it's in the back of your mind that you recognize that something is not right when you've committed a mortal sin and you're still sitting on it, and uh, and I think for me, it always comes back to those words, you know, memento mori, remember your death, because if I were to die at that moment, um, am I ready? Am I prepared? And uh, I never want to be caught unprepared. And I think hopefully none of us do. Yes. I think that it brings me back to Matthew 24 again. And one thing that people don't think about when it comes to Christ's second coming, the end of the world, is the topic that we're discussing. Good Catholic, even though we're all going to die before Christ comes again, those who will die because those who will be here will not necessarily uh, die the same the same way. Right? They're going to be there's going to be instantaneous death, maybe, um, but. The point of the matter is, if we do die before he comes again, the second coming will still be something that we experience from the next life and we'll actually be standing there in front of Christ, the judgment seat of God, and we'll actually see all of the effects of our sin even after we die. So many people don't think about that reality even though we're going to have our particular judgment when we die, we're going to have the general judgment at the second coming. And we'll see all the things that we did negatively. Let's say that we abused our, our children or something like that, or we, um, you know, we, you know, we murdered someone or we committed adultery or we did this or that. Those things have long-term effects. And we're going to see like, wow, because of what I did, this affected this person and it affected their children and it affected their children. And like this whole list of, of negativity that, that resulted because of our personal sin that we committed. And we're not going to know what those things are until the second coming. And that's a reality check for all of us that sin is never a personal act 
in the sense that it only affects us and no one else. If we do, let's say the solitary sin, right? If someone commits a solitary sin, that affects the mystical body of Christ. And it's like throwing a pebble in the water. It's that ripple effect. We're going to see that at the second coming is what I'm getting at. And as much as we need to be ready for a particular judgment, we also have to be aware of what's going to happen at the second coming. We're going to experience that, um, that ripple effect, if you will. We're going to see it for what it is. And not just the negativity, also the positivity, all the good deeds that we did, uh, the rosaries that we prayed, the masses that we offered up the the works of charity that we performed how that affected things positively how we evangelized so with all that being said i think that i think that we need to focus on both of those aspects but not one or the other overly i think more importantly would be our particular judgment of course because that will determine if we're in heaven or hell though again going going back to the going back to the second coming which is the focus of today's dialogue those who will be here when he comes again right we can maybe get into that because i thought i heard from tim staples on catholic answers that those people will be lifted up and as, as it says in first thessalonians i believe that those people will be lifted up into the sky a lot of people use that for the rapture but it's not referring to the rapture it's referring to the second coming that they're going to be lifted up into the air and meet our Lord. And those are the, going to be the believers who are left right on the earth when he comes again. That's not going to be like an like a, a, a intermediary second uh, a coming, but it's just going to be when he comes for the final time. Right. And so we're, we're getting ready for Christmas um, and we're preparing to, to commemorate his first coming. But of course, that's also part of the commemoration of the second coming um, afterward. And so uh, one final point I would like to make on that for now is I believe that, the, you know, that obviously the most important thing is you, you need to be in the state of grace at all times, right? As Edgar mentioned uh, beautifully, that we should be going to confession regularly. We should be going to um, confession once a month, maybe, as some of the mystics recommend, once a month, monthly confession. Uh, try to get to the Eucharist as much as possible right uh just frequent the sacraments because you don't know when you're going to die and it could happen any moment and i think that um uh just to push back a little bit to the earlier discussion um even even though we've seen war and all these things happen right before we've never seen the gospel spread to all the nations right before ever until now we're just reaching that precipice to where everyone's heard the gospel right we're reaching that right now and that's that's novel so that is what christ said is one of the final requirements is that all nations must hear the gospel and the jews will convert and um and one good news is that i heard from jesse romero today is that uh uh catholic small t tradition and revelation holds that there will be a very holy pope that will help lead us through the great tribulation so we we know that uh when we get a very holy pope um at least, at least that will be our you know our rock what are you trying to say i think dennis is being very polite to you javier but he's also being very very controversial i don't think he's being polite to me uh, i've thrown a couple of rights in this direction already so i'm trying to be nice to you. god be the judge javier what are your thoughts on that 
What are your thoughts on that? Right. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna diffuse the situation real quick. Javier just kind of stole my thunder too, because I was gonna mention a bunch of the uh, end of the world, um, como se llama, all, all the end of uh, yeah, those yeah. Uh, end of the world hoaxes. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just gonna mention a couple of them, just two yeah. of them. Um, there was the world is going to end in 2012. You guys remember the Mayan calendar thing? Yeah, that's right. That's a good movie too, by the way. As it turns out, um, yeah, that was that was not true. They they ran out of room in the rock, so the calendar actually kept on going. They found it in a cave or something. And before that, prior to that, there was like a Mayan like grandfather that was like, "Yeah, I'm getting tired of this crud." Like they're saying it's the end of the world. It's just the end of the calendar, you know. Like there's another cycle that's going to be happening. So like, I was going to say, yeah, when, when it relax. comes to Mayan traditions, it's it's all cyclical, right? Everything restarts. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the Mayans didn't care about all that stuff. So it's like it, it was a dud from the get go. Um, then there was this. Uh, oh, yeah, the other one. I'm going to skip a bunch of them. I'm just going <laughs> to share this last one. The prophet just, of leads. I kind of want to hear this. It was a hen, like, like, like you know, like a, like a hen, a freaking hen. It lays chicken. eggs. Yeah, chicken, right? And, and leads England in 1806, who was laying eggs that that had the message, Christ is coming. Oh and it God. terrified people. I mean, people wow. came from all over the place to watch this hen. And, and they were just in fear of what would happen, you know? And then later on, it was... The, People found out that the uh, the owner was writing stuff on eggs, on the eggs Hello. that the chicken would lay, with like ink, ink that would disintegrate partially the the egg. You know, so so it wasn't cracking open or anything. It just looked like it, it said Christ is coming, and then he grabbed that egg and shoved it back into the chicken. Oh my God! Poor chicken. All right, 1806. Look it up. Crazy stuff. This is why people come to the Dude Catholic podcast. It's for stuff like this. Yeah. Um, on both of our listeners. Anyway, um, so stuff like that. Whenever I hear, you know, it's the end. It's the end of the world as we know it. I'm fine. I'm just fine. Um, I'm not fine, but I'm fine working on it. Um, uh, because here's the thing. Like, I'm God may not catch me ready, but He's gonna catch me getting ready. No, and that's and that that's gonna be my closing thought because I feel like you guys covered everything I was gonna say, so that's that's pretty dang good. Uh, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just wanna I wanna um, talk about this whole notion of being ready, and you know we need to be ready not only for the second coming, but uh, as I talked about our death, we don't know when we're gonna die, and as Edgar talked about, right, going to confession um, monthly as as. Uh, uh, Dennis said, but not necessarily monthly. I mean, heck, even weekly or bi-weekly or as John Paul II did it, daily, huh? That's crazy, huh? Daily. I, I, can't. I, I can't believe it. I was like, what are you confessing, man? I, like, what, what the, <laughs> I want to hear that confession. I and, thought about that stuff. I thought about Dennis and I thought about living in Buffalo. I didn't finish my piece that day. Come on, that's low, man. <laughs> we would never live in buffalo knock oh it off anyway so I, I, oh my gosh i think we just lost a bunch of listeners but anyways um we plan on winning the super bowl in la so oh uh, yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, and deal with all the traffic yeah it's true yeah um but i what i want to say is that you know it's recently in my job, um, we got a new principal, and, and this new principal is, is a great man of God. I'm really happy with him, but one of the things that he 
instituted is that these random observations uh, that he comes into our class, not only him, but also two other administrators. Um, they all observe different things. They're different administrators. One's for instruction, the other one's for Catholic identity, which is awesome. But they randomly come into your class. They don't warn you in the beginning, mm. in the middle, and at you the end. You don't know the day. Ah, uh, and, and I'm telling you right now, when they, they announced this, everybody was not happy. And, you know, obviously you're, you know, nobody wants to be scrutinized. Nobody wants to be judged. Right. Um, and so they started doing these, these, these observations and, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was on that, on that, on that same, you know, I was on that same, uh, you know, uh, way of thinking because I had become very comfort, comfortable with the previous principal and, and so on and so forth. But when they, when they came in my class, I was like, well, wait a minute, what do, why do I have to be scared about? Why, why am I afraid of them coming into my class? On, on the contrary, come into my class, right? I mean, I know I've had other teachers saying like, no, I wish he would have came a different day. But to me, it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean he would have came a different day? Because today wasn't a good day. How is today not a good day if you're doing your job? If you're doing your job the way you're supposed to be doing it, teaching the kids, instructing them, right? Incorporating... Catholicism, Christ into your lessons, regardless of what you teach, whether it be math, whether it be science, history, whatever it is, English, Spanish. Right? You should be ready. You should be ready. Always be ready. And you know, when they came to my class, I I mean, so far, I I it's gone well because I was ready and I was doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, God forbid I wasn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i i i want to i want to change the direction here i want to talk about our lady mary and, and and when it comes to the end mary's role you know she prepared us for the coming of christ by bringing christ and ushering christ to the world but i i feel that mary as she ushered jesus into the world she's also going to usher jesus again back into the world for the second coming and uh, as St. Louis de Montfort, I think, uh, said it very well, uh, not in those words, but uh, not quoting verbatim. But Mary is definitely preparing us for the second coming. If you, if you read uh, the, the, the messages of Our Lady of Fatima, of many apparitions, uh, Mary, which are approved by the church, Mary is constantly preparing us and she has warned us. She warned us about the French Revolution. She warned us about, um, you know, the world wars. She warned us about communism and Russia and all these different things. If we didn't pray the rosary, if we didn't fast, if we didn't, um, you know, devote ourselves to Christ and the Eucharist. And she's back at it. She's warning us. And, and so how do we prepare? Obviously, prayer, 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 prayer. Getting yourself right with God. Praying the rosary, staying ready all the time, fasting, uh, living your life, not only in terms of your relationship with God, but your relationship with other people. I, I want to talk about that just very briefly. It's so important that we have the relationships that we want to have that when we die, because you don't want to go to death with regrets. You don't want to say, wow, I wish I would have apologized to this person. I wish I would have said, I love you to this person or spend more time with this person. You don't want to do that. You, you don't want to do that. You don't want to live your life with regrets. 
obviously, ultimately, God forgives, but you only get one shot at it. Right? You only live once. You only live once, but you live forever. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think you knocked it out of the ballpark with that. Uh, I don't think there's really much to say except to to reiterate, reiterate those words that uh, that the monks would say is uh, memento mori, remember your death. And, um, you know, among certain cultures, especially the Hispanic culture, they they look at skulls and things like that as something as evil, right? Uh, as something as like, as, as, as something evil, but skulls can be a good reminder of one day you will die. And uh, and the constant reminder of death can be a sobering thing. I think that's what, uh, that's what uh, not to go off too off topic, but I know that's what uh, St. Thomas Aquinas says uh, when talking about the death penalty, how, uh, you know, people who are, uh, who are facing the death penalty, uh, have so have a sobering reality and uh, leads to conversion because they know they're going to face death. They're going to face their maker. So wow. it, it can be a, a sobering reality that we need to be constantly reminder, reminded of just to share a little bit. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if you guys know this, but uh, I, I was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 16 and that was what, uh, what led to my initial conversion uh, coming to Christ. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the fluffy soft, kind of Catholicism that you see, you know, a, a lot of your parishes, it wasn't the charismatic movement that the ladies are trying to really bring you in because you're a young person. None of that brought me forward. None of that brought me in. It was a sobering reality knowing that I was going to die. And, uh, and for me, ever since the age of 16, I've known that uh, I'm going to die one day and I need to live. Uh, I'm, I need to continue my life and live and be prepared for Christ whenever he calls me home. And though I, I feel like I, I tend to fail a lot, I'm never going to give up. I mean, the moment you fail, the moment you stop trying is the moment that you fail. So, um, yeah, I guess I just kind of like part with those words is uh, memento mori. Remember your death and remember that one day you're going to face Christ. But, uh, but don't approach it with, with somberness, but approach it with joy. Because if you're prepared, then what else is there but joy? I love that Javier brought up the blessed mother because that's one um, person i wanted to bring up as well that there's an eastern story of a woman who is devoted to the blessed mother so much so that she would even um, she would pray every day to her in front of an icon of the blessed mother and she would she would weep in front of this in front of the image in front of the icon uh, because she had committed a mortal sin and that she was so afraid to confess it that she never did, but she confessed it in front of the icon of the blessed mother, even though she would go to confession, she would always leave it out. And so one day she died and they were having a, a funeral service for her and her coffin was in the church as is tradition of the East to have the uh, coffin in the church. And she during the service, she actually, she, she sat up in front of everybody and she spoke and she said, what just happened to her? And she relayed the story of how she went through the judgment, her particular judgment with Christ. And he was about to sentence her to hell for all of eternity. And again, as Javier mentioned that she did it herself, that she sentenced herself there and it was only because of the Blessed Mother's intercession that she cried to our Lord, her son, and said, please uh, give this woman another chance. She, she uh, always venerated my icon. She always 
Um, she always came to me with her problems, et cetera, et cetera. She entrusted herself to me. Please uh, give her another chance. And, and of course, our Lord said, you know that no one can be saved without holy confession. And so the Blessed Mother said, please uh, give her life back so she can confess. So she literally sat up. She confessed her sins to the priest that was there at the service. And she, after she gave her account of what happened, she, she again died immediately. And so this is just an account of how the Blessed Mother, amongst other saints, there are saints who have experienced this as well, where they're on their deathbed before they were saints, they were sinners, but they were like devoted to the rosary, even though they were consistently committing mortal sin. And maybe Javier or Edgar or Adrian can uh, fill in who that is. I believe it was St. Louis de Montfort or one of the other Marian saints of the Middle Ages that was very devoted to Our Lady, who would pray the rosary every day, but was consistently a mortal sin hanging out with his friends uh, who were committing mortal sin. And he was on his deathbed. He saw demons surrounding him, and uh, they're about to pull him to hell. But then the Blessed Mother appeared and spared his life because he was devoted to the rosary and gave him another chance. And sure enough, he became a great saint and spread Marian devotion. So the point of the matter is that the Blessed Mother is there, like in the Old Testament, the Queen Mother intercedes to the king. Uh, again, special from the Queen Mother are presented to the queen, and they're, and they're in fact presented to the king. And he, he listens to the Queen Mother, right? That's the point. And I believe that if, if everybody should do as Our Lady requested at Fatima to prepare for the second coming. She said, pray the rosary, uh, do penance, 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 right? Cold showers, right? Exodus 90 style. And to uh, almsgive, right? The, the three pillars of the spiritual life, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Amen. I remember uh, it was St. Dominic Savio who was asked one time, uh, what would you do, do different if you knew you were going to die uh, or the second coming was at hand? And he said, nothing. I would continue playing soccer because he was playing soccer, right? Um, why would he say that? Because he was living in the present moment and he knew that he was doing God's will, that everything that he was doing was in accordance with God's will, right? The sacrament of the present moment. So live in the present moment and pray for us. As we pray for you. Better. Better. Akritor. Yeah.